Hello there and welcome into another edition of the Intersection Podcast with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news information and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Opening up this edition of the podcast in a conversation aired to coincide with Pastor and Staff Appreciation Month in October, David Mathis of Desiring God brought insight into the role of the pastor and how churches can be confident in their leaders. His comments from that conversation are coming up. Then it's back to Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky, where Cynthia Rookti shared about the hope that someone can experience in the Lord even through times of turmoil. And on this edition of The Intersection, also from the Summer 2022 CPE Show in Kentucky, Andy Clapp discussed the effect of storms in our lives and how we can respond. In the course of our conversation, he described major natural storms in history and talked about how believers can learn valuable spiritual lessons. Material from that conversation is coming up. Finally, from the CPE event, Cherry Strange of She Yearns Ministries offers some perspective on loneliness and how God can bring a sense of being seen into a person's life. This is the intersection of production of The Meeting House, and I'm Bob Crittenden. David Mathis is a senior teacher and executive editor at DesiringGod.org and serves as a pastor at Cities Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. In his book, Workers for Your Joy, The Call of Christ on Christian Leaders, he offers biblical viewpoints about the role and qualifications for spiritual leadership with an intent to help restore confidence in those who are called to serve in authority. From that conversation, here now is David Mathis. About 10 years ago, maybe contrary to my expectations, I was assigned to uh, facilitate the, the eldership class at Bethlehem College and Seminary. I, I had dreams about maybe teaching on the epistle to the Hebrews or Christology or some exciting topic in ecclesiology <laughs> or theology. And they came to me with the need of, hey, we'd like for you to do the eldership class. <laughs> and uh, o- over time, in working with these guys, I would usually have a cohort of about 16, 18 guys each year, and we use various sources and texts. And as I worked with these guys year after year and continued in pastoral ministry, uh, we would identify the various topics if, that if you're doing an eldership or pastoral ministry, two different terms for the same thing in the New Testament, if you're doing a 101 class on biblical eldership or on pastoral ministry, what are some of the key topics? What are the, some of the key flashpoint uh, conversations that need to be had to prepare guys as they get ready for ministry? And one after another over the years, I found that all of those key topics related to one of the, surprising, one of the elder qualifications. So, so in 1 Timothy 3, when Paul lays out, to my count, 15 qualifications for elders, he knows what he's talking about. This is 2,000 years ago in a very different uh, context in the Middle East. Paul is laying out these qualifications, and they are amazingly relevant today. This is what pastoral ministry is made up of. These aren't just hoops to jump through to then become a pastor and then do daily work that's disconnected from these virtues. Rather, this is the very stuff that's needed in pastoral ministry, that the pastors be sober-minded and self-controlled and not drunkards and not greedy and apt to teach and well thought of by outsiders and respectable and hospitable. So these are the very virtues that make up a team of healthy, effective elders. And 
even though this is a 10-year project, I, I feel like it's never been more relevant. Right now, as people are talking about the crisis of leadership in the church, and we have our rise and fall stories, and we have our increasingly long list of what to beware in leaders and pastors, I want to ask, do we also have a corresponding positive list of what we're looking for in pastors? What do we pray for? What do we expect? What do we look for? What do we hold our leaders accountable to in the church? And it's amazing the vision that Jesus and his apostles have given us with clarity in our New Testament. I wrote down three words, and I'd like for you to, for the purposes of this discussion, to give our listeners some direction as far as the the meaning of these three words. And you mentioned 1 Timothy chapter 3 as being really one of the central texts around which you've based this book. But there are, of course, the words that we find in Scripture, pastors, elders, and also wrote down deacons. And so if you could take us through really the the different nuances from a biblical standpoint with respect to the way these these different positions or offices operate. That's a great question, Bob. The uh this is disagreed upon among mm-hmm. different traditions. Sure. And amazing thing is the New Testament's really clear about this. There's, there's a large consensus among New Testament scholars as to what's going on in the New Testament. Now, we have, in various church traditions, we've extrapolated, but let, let me just lay out the framework as simply as I can to begin with. There are two offices in the New Testament. The office of overseer, also called variously elder or pastor, and there's another office called deacon. And so you see that clearly laid out in 1 Timothy 3. First, there's the qualifications for elder slash overseer, also called pastor, and then the qualifications are deacon. And in Philippians 1.1, Paul addresses the church in Philippi along with the overseers and the deacons. So what we have that is confusing at times, that second office, the assisting office, is called deacon, and there's not another term for it. It's just called deacon. <laughs> but the prime, but the leadership office or the teaching office of the local church is variously called overseer or pastor, and that's the, the least instances actually is pastor. And then the most often it's called elder. And so it's three titles for the same role. And the reason for the three titles is the different, the different titles accent different aspects of the office. David Mathis here on The Intersection. You can find him through the website desiringgod.org. Moving on now on this edition of The Intersection podcast from Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky, the author of the book entitled Facing the Dawn, Cynthia Rookti, discussed the topic of the novel and explored the plight of her main character who struggles with mental issues and how she experienced hope in God. From that CPE conversation, this is Cynthia Rookti. The scene got worse, and then the scene got even worse. So as the story began to unfold, I discovered that it was really a book about how do we ever manage grief that seems like more than we could ever bear? How do we walk out of that grief, not leaving it behind, but walking in spite of it? Mm. So there were friends that came around. There 
also is a strong theme of the value of those forever friendships, that they're always there for us and they go out of their way to meet our needs. They anticipate what our needs are. So that's another strong theme in the book. It also had themes of second chances. And as we worked, as I worked through the story as the author, watching it unfold on the page, it went from just seeing this snarky woman character who was who believed the whole world was on her shoulders to watching the gentle unfolding of how God embraces us when we're walking through loss and grief. Cynthia Rookty joining us today here on The Meeting House on Faith Radio. It is the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky. The name of the book we're talking about today is Facing the Dawn. And contained within it, what I perceive is that there are some strategies to dealing Mm -hmm. with grief when you feel like that the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. I would imagine there are probably more than a few people that are listening to this conversation today Mm -hmm. that say, that's that's my story. That's where I am. Of course, this particular uh, Mara is the name Mm -hmm. of the character. That's that's got some significance there. No no doubt. (laughs) So you're you know, you're looking at somebody that uh, her husband is away. Mm -hmm. Things on the home front are not that great. Mm -hmm. Having situations with her children. So a lot of things seem to be falling apart. Mm -hmm. So when you look at applying strategies in those times, in mm-hmm. times of grief, in times of, of disappointment or extenuating circumstances, mm-hmm. what were you able to introduce into the book as far as maybe some strategies mm-hmm. that people can use in order to really be able to trust in the Lord during those difficult mm-hmm. times? Without asking you to give too much away. Got to throw that <laughs> disclaimer in. <laughs> that's, and that's fine. That's wonderful. I think one of, one of the key things that Mara was discovering as a character was that she had been stiff-arming the very help that was there for her. Mm. She'd, been, she'd been turning away from God's Word because that seemed too painful. Reading God's Word, and in, in, even though that had been a part of her life at one time, She was stiff-arming the Word of God. She was stiff-arming her Christian friends who wanted to help. She was stiff-arming neighbors who were willing to step in and give some aid. But the grief itself put a wall up between her and the very help she needed. There were resources available that she, she didn't realize. Some of those resources were as simple as putting one foot in front of the other in a very literal way. A dear, dear friend had wanted her to go walking with her, and she saw not only no reason for that, but she also saw how is this possibly going to help. But there was some great value in her just strapping on her tennis shoes and walking out the door and walking with her friend. Sometimes they would talk. Sometimes they would talk about everything but the loss and the grief. And then sometimes there were moments where talking about the grief itself and realizing that others were grieving as well. Even within the circle of her own relationships, uh, that was a very definite part of the beginning of her healing. I would never want to say that any novel was written that would take a character from 
being introduced to great and grave losses, mm. to feeling okay about it all at the end. Yeah. That's not life. That's not That's real not life. life. Yeah. But we do have to learn, how do I stay upright? How do I walk forward in the middle of all of it, even though the, the grief, especially these kind of losses, they're not going to go away. But so I would say in answer directly to your question, there are resources there that she was stiff arming. And I think a lot of people understand what that's like, that we just refuse what's offered. And then that makes us more insulated than ever from the very help that we need. Cynthia Rukti here on The Intersection. You can find her online through Cynthia Rukti, R-U-C-H-T-I dot com. This is the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the podcast and the Meeting House program. There are also links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as the Apple Podcast feed, Plus, there are links to video content, including recently added content to the Faith Radio YouTube channel from the Christian Product Expo Summer 2020 show in Lexington, Kentucky. Also, through the Meeting House homepage, you can find links to two blogs. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Also, through that programming section, you can find out information about downloading the Faith Radio app free for your smartphone or tablet. Those conversations can be found through the Faith Radio app, as well as a variety of podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and other podcast platforms. Moving on now on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's back to Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington. Andy Clapp talked with me, providing a biblical perspective on the storms of life related to his book, In the Eye of the Storm, Withstanding the Fury of Life Storms. From that conversation, here now is Andy Clapp. I made a statement in a sermon years ago. And, and people, it, it resonated with people. I said, sometimes for the Lord to break through, he has to break you. Yep. That's and he has to, you know, and that's what happens in our lives. And, you know, even Jesus warned. You know, Bob, Jesus said that the storms were going to come. Look at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. I've always found that peculiar. Because at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, as he's talking, he's concluding this, he talks about two builders. Yeah. He said, there's going to be, you know, the first builder built his house on a rock. The winds came, the rivers, you know, the waters rose, the rain fell. The house stood. And then he talked about the other builder who built on the sand. But did you ever stop and look at that passage? It was the exact same storm. Yep. Two different outcomes. Yeah. And I think that's what we were doing with this book was really, okay, let's give people the foundation they need. So they endure the storm and come through the storm, but that they grow in it in Christ. Because I think a lot of times we're missing opportunities for growth because it's not as pleasant as we want it to be. 
Well, the storms are going to come. Yes. And that's, that's I think, a point where you see in, in Matthew chapter 7 in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is talking about using the same language mm. to describe the the same storm, mm-hmm. essentially the same circumstances, but the, the house that stood was built on the firm foundation. The house that did not stand was built on a sandy, the, the not firm foundation, if you will. And so when we think about making our lives, we can't make our lives storm proof. No. But we can certainly make sure that our lives are built on a strong foundation so that we can withstand and grow from the storms that we encounter in our lives. Absolutely. And I think the Bible teaches us uh, how to withstand them. But also the Bible teaches us that, like to look and see them ahead of time where trouble can be brewing. And I think that's important for us is, is learning to discern yeah. where things can arise. And, and, and watch that. You know, Billy Graham was a, a great person, a great man, a wonderful walk with the Lord. You know, he would not get onto an elevator with a female by himself. Why? Because he did not want that, you know, that that's seeing a storm before it could happen to yeah. avoid that one from happening. Yeah. So I think the Lord does that with us, and the Word of God does that with us. It helps us make the wise decisions uh, before a storm even strikes, but it also it gives us the strength we need when the storm is, is raging. Andy Clapp is joining us today here on the Meeting House on Faith Radio, the devotional book in the eye of the storm. We're talking about it here at the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky. So, Andy, as we wrap up, I just think it's fascinating for you to talk about not only the difficult seasons that we face in our lives, but also to liken them. And, of course, centered around Matthew chapter 7, we were talking about that earlier, but likening them to storms. And actually, you went, as we might say, a step further, and you actually took specific storms. Yes. And talked about lessons that can be learned from Mm. those specific storms in in life. So where did you come up with that concept? I love it. The whole, (laughs) so I've been, I've been fascinated by hurricanes since I was a kid (laughs) because I lived in North, I live in North Carolina and uh, we get them a lot. How close to the coast are you, by the way? I'm about two hours inland. Okay. Two and a half. Um, So when they hit, we don't get the, the full brunt. But we get but enough. enough. That's yeah. that's the way we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Um, but the the book actually began as a sermon series, and uh, I, I I love my job. I love the people that I work <laughs> with. Uh, God blessed me with being a pastor. I didn't think I would ever choose that, and I didn't choose that. God chose me, you know, to do it. But there was one Sunday, Bob. I'll never forget this. It was a few years ago. It was just at a, a, a critically tough time for some folks in our church. And I got up one Sunday morning to preach, and I looked around the church, and I was looking at the things I knew people were going through. One was going through grief because they had just lost a spouse. Another was going through financial troubles. Looked at another one. They had just lost you know, someone in their, uh, in their home. Another had just been diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And I'm like, Lord, all these people are going through these things. And what do we do? And I, I heard the whisper of God, just take them back to Jesus. Andy Clapp here on the intersection. You can find him online at andyclapp, C-L-A-P-P dot O-R-G. Finally, on this edition of the Intersection podcast, it's Cherry Strange. She is the visionary of She Yearns Ministries. 
and visited Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2022 Christian Product Expo in Lexington to share about some of the principles she relates in the book entitled, Can You See Me Now? Good News for the Lonely, Left Out, and Less Than. Here now from that conversation is Cherry Strange. I would say it is for the woman who has felt the sting of never being missed, of feeling like her life is passing her by and has not invited her to come along. And and what you do when that happens is you shrink back and you don't engage and you don't become the woman God has created you to be. That's who it's for. So how does one actually reach a point, and, and you're talking about women, mm-hmm. and that's your primary audience, yes. uh, apparently. So if a woman is feeling that way, that, that life has passed, I love what you said, that life has passed them by mm-hmm. and, and hasn't invited them. That's, yeah. very, that's some great imagery. It's a very sad mm-hmm. situation. But when you have people that do not feel seen, mm-hmm. And they think that even God doesn't see them. How can you in, either introduce or reinforce that message that actually they're believing a lie? You know, what my approach is, is, is biblical. Um, what I began to notice was that there is a line of unnoticed women in the Bible and we don't even know their names of some of them. And they're, they're insignificant and God uses them mightily. And they tell us that uh, in different occasions that they are seen and that God knows them and he uses them so well. And I use that strategy because uh, that, that impacted me. And I think it's very effective. Give me, if you would please, give me some examples of some women that fit that description that okay. you just gave. Uh, the woman at the well. We don't even know her name. And she was rejected in, in society, and uh, Jesus had to go to Samaria to see her. Then you have, um, you have uh, the secondary wife of Abraham who runs off into the desert. You have her. And then you have Hannah who is a secondary wife, and she's treated so badly uh, by the rival wife and she goes to God, and God hears her. So you have these different examples that um, that God continues to use. Well, I thought as you were sharing, I thought of Hannah's story. Mm-hmm. Like you say, her husband was married to two wives, and right. she was not the chosen right. wife. And I remember she went to Eli, and Eli thought she was drunk yes. because she was praying to God. Her mouth was moving, but no words. Right. We're coming out, and that—that's just such a, a picture of, of loneliness and mm-hmm. desperation right. of, but still trusting in God yes. even in the midst of of being, the rejected one. Yeah. So if someone is is in that position today, they are feeling, mm-hmm. rejected. What are some some keys that people can experience and apply? to their own lives, to, to really be able to gain a sense of God's, God's love and his watchfulness? Um, I think you, you've got to get to know him and spend time with him. And um, what I, my approach is in the message is I'm just gonna walk with them through that process 
um, it's not a new message necessarily that you want to get to know God and to know how he views you, but it is a first step. And so the other thing that's in this book that, it, that I think is so helpful is it has a plan with it. So there's, there's daily things to do, there's daily readings, but there's also a plan that's very personal and very practical. And I just walk them through how they deal with relationships, other girls and those kind of things, just ordinary things that will help them really focus on an audience of one. Yep. And um, even if their circumstances don't change, how God can change them. Cherry Strange here on this edition of The Intersection. You can find her online at sheyearns.com. Well, we are nearing the end of this week's edition of The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or through the programming section at faithradio.org. Through The Meeting House homepage, you can find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on the podcast, as well as the Meeting House program. You can also find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, and its Apple podcast feed. You can also find links to video content and to two blogs. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page, Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.